Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast. On today's show, we'll discuss the announcements from Netflix Geeked Week, uh, the Summer Game Fest, and we'll take a look at some new trailers for Nope, Bullet Train, Prey, and Black Adam. Then I watched the new Jurassic World film and the first episode of the new MCU show, Miss Marvel. And Lachlan and myself did catch up with the latest from uh, Happy Madison Productions and Adam Sandler and watched the Netflix uh, basketball sports drama, Hustle. So that's what's coming up in the show. Lachlan, welcome back. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing mighty fine, mate. I'm doing mighty fine. How you doing, brother? I'm glad to hear it. It's been a really busy week. Uh, I'm glad we can mm -hmm. do this again on a weekly schedule. You know, it feels feels good to be back Squeeze in that routine. In. Squeeze Man. it in somewhere. Yeah. I think I'm also wearing the same hoodie as I was like last week. You haven't left your room. You've just basically been watching movies and yeah this thing smells bad and... <laughs> yeah no it's not that bad i'm glad i can't smell this <laughs> yeah. well I, I wouldn't i wouldn't go so far maybe you know those couple thousand kilometers or miles apart you i mean i wouldn't rule it out if something stinks I, it could yeah, be me I could get on whiff. the other side of the world yeah and considering you, you know be careful with you being upside down and everything you know how how that all travels i think it's complicated and no scientist yeah yeah it gets complicated anyways i think we have uh, another packed show ahead of us just on the news side we got a lot of like new stuff to look at uh so uh let's waste um no more time and just jump straight into that but before uh, we do that, remember to maybe consider uh, leaving us a rating over on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, um, no matter where you're watching or listening to. Uh, but yeah, um, it's really appreciated and helps us grow the show. And uh, with, without further ado, Lachlan, let's actually uh, take a look at the news this week. First up, uh, we have news on Scream 6, which sees one cast member not returning for monetary reasons. That being uh, the lead oh. Scream girl, Neff Campbell, uh, is not returning for the sixth installment in that franchise. Uh, so what do you think about that? Do you think they'll be able con to continue this legacy with her, which, uh, you know, she's been the core part of this. Well, I guess not in the fifth one, but um, at least for the first four, she was a core uh, the core element of of the Scream films, you know, she she is Scream. <laughs> Look, everybody has their time, and hey, if she's not getting enough money, mm -hmm. she she might be living paycheck to paycheck. We we don't know. <laughs> so, but then, 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 then know, I would take gonna... the paycheck, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's just not a good enough paycheck at this point. So, yeah. look, I, I'm not going to say anything uh, too harsh. Uh, but look, look, it's it's her opinion. It's her choice. She can do whatever she wants. She doesn't want to come back for a, a sixth installment. That's perfectly fine. I'm sure that they handed off the baton to the new generation anyway in the fifth one. So there's really no need for her to come back. Maybe, hopefully, they'll just kill her off in the in-between. Like, there's like a scroll at the start of the movie, like in Star Wars, the scroll text, and it's like, dead. It's so <laughs> meta that, that the producers are so mad at her. 
that they'll just say like not even Sydney Prescott, but just Nev Campbell died. Nev, yeah, yeah, they just <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's so meta Again, that now funny they kill that it's screen because they could make something funny out of it as well. So they, yeah, they I'm, can. I'm, yeah, I, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. So this is not like worst case scenario at all. It doesn't degrade the quality of those films, and I think that uh, fifth one has been. Uh, what was it, it a requel, a remake sequel, right? Um, has done a, a good job at, at doing that. I think it was a solid film. Yeah. So five uh, was a yeah. really fun movie. Mm -hmm. She's not com she's not necessary for the next film. So who cares? Yeah, exactly. So, I'm sorry uh, you didn't get enough money for her to have like a great send off would be great. Uh, doesn't mean that they'll never bring her back. It's just like this next installment won't uh, feature mm. her. I guess. Uh, but let's move on to the summer game fest. You know, we're not a we're not a, a game podcast. We, we are strictly on movie and TV here. But there's quite a, a a big overlap sometimes when it comes to these games. So at the announcements, we got a new Alien game that's coming in 2023, uh, as well as a remake remaster of The Last of Us Part One. Uh, we got Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, also another remake. Um, <laughs> in theme with you know staying on scream. There was also news about a new Cuphead DLC, a fun-looking uh, old-school four-player co-op beat-em-up fighting game from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, releasing next Friday. And then we got another look from the already announced uh, game of Gotham Knights uh, from the team behind the Arkham games, as well as the Quarry, which is the new Until Dawn-like uh, game uh, with the Uncanny Valley type of aesthetic where you just kind of button mashing and... Uh, your decisions have an impact on the story. Uh, that game is actually out already right now. We got a sequel to the Goat Simulator games, the third installment. I didn't even know that there was a second. Third? Yeah, a it's second? a third. It would what? be really funny if like I, a movie, it's just like, it would be very funny to have like a movie come out that's just like the second movie and there's no original. Or even with this, it would be very funny if there's, I, I never Googled it. I don't know. It would be very funny if there's just like a third one. And yeah. the first one, there's no second one. But uh, they're probably uh, milking that that goat milk as much as they can um, just because did well on YouTube. So uh, we got free games playing as a goat, I guess. Then we got a, basically a cinematic for Midnight Suns, which is a uh, new Marvel game. Yeah, it was, it was just a cinematic. I didn't see any gameplay yet. There was a One Piece game. And uh, for Saints Row, they announced basically a character creator type of game. Um, in preparation of, I guess, a, a remake or the new Saints Row uh, that's coming in August. I, I don't know why we're still doing Saints Row. There was no announcement for, I guess, the next installment in the GTA franchise, though, uh, just up front. Yeah, there, there were a few games announced that are not attached to an already pre-existing franchise. Uh, but those were like, what felt like 80% of them were set in space for some reason. Um, there's one game that comes from uh, one of the uh, people who worked on Dead Space 2, if, I, uh, yeah, if I'm correct on that. And they're doing kind of like, it feels like a legacy sequel or like an inspired sequel called The Callisto Protocol um, that is also a space horror uh, game and um, yeah that's pretty much it so it was a lot of games a lot of things you just saw on your screen flash by as I talked about them uh, but Lachlan did, did anything leave an impression on you something that that you are looking forward to to playing at some point nothing made me excited and want to play it like if that's going to answer your question nothing got me super yeah. excited the um 
Callisto Protocol was kind of interesting, and mm. I didn't realize it was made by a Dead Space developer because mm. the entire time I thought this is just Dead Space, but <laughs> yes. way gorier and a bit more body horror style. Mm. So that was interesting. I probably I'm probably give that if if anything that kind of caught my interest. But I'm a big fan of The Last of Us, so I'm very excited to replay a higher resolution and a better just overall looking experience of The Last of Us One. Yeah. Modern Warfare Two. I'm a COD player almost every year except the last two for some reason i played warzone the entire time so if there's nothing interesting in the single player and there's not really i'm not really feeling it probably won't get that but yeah and i think i guess the only comment i want to make is i'm so sick of like four player co-op alien games it's like the fifth one we've had and they all fucking suck so yeah i just want another like alien isolation style game or Something along those lines. I'm mm-hmm. just so sick of these four-player co-op hordes of aliens coming at you. It's it's they're not interesting. They're not fun. They've all this has been done before. So I, yeah, well, yeah, it's just using the IP in a way that is is not like super interesting. Uh which is yeah, which is like we'd love to see it be used in different ways because it's an interesting world that they have at large. I think that's why there's also so many alien movies that kind of feel different and i, I should well i shouldn't talk too much because i haven't seen most of them i just know by secondhand knowledge through you that they're at least worth seeing if, even if they're not like that great here's a better idea than doing an alien game do a predator game do like a hunting predator right. game that's not prey shadow grounds or whatever that other one was that came out <laughs> recently because that wasn't enjoyable either i just want good games set in the world with those characters or those those creatures because they're they're fun creatures and there's a trailer that's coming up that we're going to discuss shortly yeah that i'm very hyped about so and then instead guess. of getting the dwayne rock johnson to shout out i don't know if you saw that clip i linked it to you but it was so funny in the midst of like this showcase of games it was like three and a half minutes of the rock uh, holding up Zoa in like pretty frequently, like going like this, like this is my protein shake, a uh, protein drink, uh, or like energy drink, Zoa. And then he was talking about Black Adam, but he didn't talk uh, about Black Adam until like three minutes into his whole spiel. <laughs> it's very funny to see. And that's strange. What, uh, what I'm going, uh, we're going at with this. If we get more Predator, less superhero stuff, maybe we just get. Uh, Arnold to to do the same thing to us. Uh, I don't know if he has a product. You obviously need a product because, as we all know, entertainment has a cap on how rich you can get. And obviously, being the highest paid actor in the business right now with The Rock is not enough. So you know you gotta you gotta increase it by by having a product. Uh, yada yada yada. Uh, so why not do that? <laughs> get someone Where else. Where you going the Rock. with this? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I just hated it so much. It was I, I gotta say. He seems like such a robot uh, and so out of touch that I was like, what is this? But it, I guess it, it was funny to see because it was so obscure. It was so unreal. <laughs> but yeah. If you just want money, you can just make a Dwayne The Rock Johnson versus The Predator. And I'm sure that will pop off. Like, yes. The Rock versus Predator. Rock versus predator i guess he is the modern day arnold just uh way more successful and um, way way more successful i don't know how uh and makes worse movies well i don't know the relationship between vin diesel and arnold you know maybe they can have a feud uh that that could potentially be interesting 
Terminator versus Triple X. <laughs> the Triple X Terminator. <laughs> I think it's been done before, but not usually in movie theaters. Anyways, uh, let's uh, talk about Geeked Week. Um, this was a whole week of Netflix doing the showcase each day, dedicating it to a different aspect of the streaming service. Day one was series. Day two was film. Day three was animation. Day four was all dedicated to Stranger Things. And day five, which is actually later today, wow. uh, is going to be dedicated to Netflix uh, gaming. <laughs> and I don't know if you see it. You can game on Netflix wow. with your remote. And um, Incredible. there's like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Um, they, they were showcasing the upcoming slate for 2022. And that's the crazy thing with Netflix. With these game shows, you have a lot of, a lot of times you have a still of a game. Like, yeah, I know we just started this. So it's been in works for years. But we don't have anything to show. With Netflix, it's like, yeah, that's our slate for the rest of 2022. <laughs> and it's coming out this year. So that's at least exciting that you're getting this, to see the stuff that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, one of the uh, things they kicked it off with was on the series department. Um, they showcased The Sandman, um, a series that Ooh. is, I think, this dark mystery type of fantasy show. And um, I was a bit disappointed when I realized it was based on a comic book from, I think, the early 90s. And I thought it was based on that E.T.A. Hoffman uh, short story that I had to read in college a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, that's so exciting. It's so like, ooh. But no, it's a comic. And yeah, I, I don't but know do you know who the comic it. is written by? No. Neil Gaiman. Uh, that that name rings a bell, but I don't know what else he's done. Do, do you think this is going to be a solid project? I'm extremely excited for this show. I haven't read the comics, but I've read up on the story and everything. Mm -hmm. it's just, I'm, not, I'm not a big comic book reader. Yeah. Uh, as we know, I don't read. Yeah, well, you can't as well. So, that's also an issue. Yeah, well, I, I think we haven't read. brought that Everything's, up. But... Every other, I have to turn like upside down. Yeah, that's what I was about to just, say. It's, it's too so much. hard. Yeah, it's so hard as an Australian to read books. Um, That's so tough for you. I'm very excited for The Sandman just because I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of Neil Gaiman. Hang on. <laughs> you got a Sandman? No, I don't. But I do have like Neil Gaiman books. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in focus with it, but like I do... I do read once in a while and I have read some of his books and I've read um, a number of other ones as well, which I don't have any, actually don't actually have anything up there <laughs> to show off. But I, look, I have a book. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it's crazy, right? Wow. Uh, I should have held it up like this. Sorry. I should have held it up like this. <laughs> <laughs> Upside down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited because I, I do like Neil Gaiman as a writer. Mm -hmm. he's just really fun so I, I don't know if he has any attachment to the show at all but yeah uh yeah no i'm I, in comparison to what you said I, I am excited for this show it's it's playing the devil's advo advocate of being like or oh, <laughs> look at this short story from 1811 or something like that i don't know just because i i know it it's also funny because they the, i think there's this i don't know if it's still on but in german or at least in swiss tv as well uh, there's there's a there's a program that usually aired around 7 p.m. called The Sandman, and it was like you know someone just putting you to sleep with like little short stories and stuff like that. Pretty cute, Aww. and I used to watch that. So like, there's also a bit of memory here. But anyways, it looks interesting. Uh, um, but I, it didn't really grab me to be honest. Something I think that yields a lot of potential is uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, which will feature uh, eight different directors kind of having their own spin 
on a short story in the realm of horror. Uh, we got directors be behind Mandy, The Empty Man, Splice, The Babadook, The Vigil, Hannibal, uh, A Girl Walked Home Alone at Night, and even uh, The Twilight Director. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of variety there. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I thought it was a very, it's a very interesting concept. Yeah. And to attach, you know that someone's made it pretty successful if they can just attach their name and you get excited around it. Yeah. He's basically done a Tim Burton Hey, I'm just going to throw my name on this. Have fun with it. Uh, similar to what David Fincher is basically doing with Love, Death, Robots now. I mean, he's, he's doing a bit of direction. Uh, I think he directed, like, one in the last season. Um, I don't know about the previous ones, but it's also just, like, his support. I, he's more of a producer here. It's, I mean, it's not, like, David Fincher's Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, but it, it's funny that, like, it, it's called Guillermo del Toro, but I, I don't think he's directing any of the shorts. <laughs> no, it's it's so, it's like so yeah, it's, it's like showcase, um, you know. Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton was yeah. the director of that movie, so yeah. he's just attached. That is crazy to it, and I guess he's just producing. And everyone knows him as the the horror horror dude that has monsters. So yeah, I I like the fact that his name's attached to it because you kind of know what you're getting yourself into in a way. Yeah, that's true. Totally, totally. And I think you got some solid directors there. I think it's it's no mistake to have Mandy. The Manny director as as top billing uh for this whole thing and then followed by the empty man. Um but still even if like I'm not a big fan of of all of these films that they've directed previously, uh they can certainly surprise, you know, with a short story. It's such a, a different uh thing than this. And I don't know how long these are gonna be. I don't know if they're gonna be like short films actually, or more like, you know, short film uh, like shorter films um that are Closer to feature length, I have no idea, but uh, I'm super keen for this, and um, yeah, we'll get it later in the year. I would assume probably around Halloween time, if I had to make a guess about that. Then we also got a sneak peek for the live action One Piece show. I I don't know who asked for this. I I think no one did. They they had a bit of a showcase for the set, and the guy who plays L Luffy, I think, is what the the main character is called was already so annoying as soon as he spoke. So I was like, I've never seen One Piece, but I guess if the lead character is annoying, you nailed it. And then um, there was First Kill, a coming-of-age fantasy show about a vampire and a vampire hunter uh, falling in love. Uh, it's also featuring um, TikTok songs to appeal to a Zoomer audience. It's kind of the impression what I got from that show. Then The Midnight Club uh, shows its characters awkwardly looking straight into camera and uh, reading a bunch of lines off. Uh, it comes from the um, talent behind Midnight Mass and The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I know, uh, Lachlan, you really enjoyed. So I guess it doesn't really give you much. You know, Mike Flanagan <laughs> isn't really showing anything besides like a mood palette and showcasing, I guess, the actors. Uh, are you excited for The Midnight Club? Well, you know what they say, keep your cards to your chest because you can't see your cards and that's yeah, how you yeah, win yeah. a game of poker so we're playing a right. poker with um, mickey right now so i can't wait to see what he's gonna give me this time in terms of spooks do that with my taxes scares. as well i just keep the money yep and don't show them <laughs> uh, yep yes okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> great i mean i think uh I'll, I'll try and give this a watch uh, i think i watched like one or two episodes of uh, Midnight Mass, but didn't finish it, and I haven't seen Bly Manor yet. 
But uh, if this proves to be like a hit, I might go back and actually uh, give those a watch as well. And then um, finally in the series department, we got the first look at uh, the Resident Evil show that's releasing quite soon, about a month from now on July 14, uh, which seems to focus on the Ob Umbrella Corporation. Uh, so Lachlan, I've never watched or played any of the Resident Evil games so far, although I do abo own about a half of, of the games in my Steam library. Uh, what about the movies? I haven't seen the movies ever. PW, uh, you haven't seen the... What? No, I almost went to a screening last year for... Was it? Yeah, no, last year for that new one, Raccoon City, I think. But I was just busy that day and I didn't watch it. So I still have to this day oh, to watch the single no, not the No, that, not that shitty Netflix one that came out a year ago. I'm talking well, about the... The Resident Evils, none of them. Wow. I own a bunch of them on, on DVD, but I've never uh, put them in and actually watched them all the way through. Okay. I've only seen clips. I'm not a Resident Evil fanboy. Yeah. But I have played through the majority of the games, not all of them, but the majority of the games. Mm -hmm. I have also watched all of the original um, Paul W.S. Anderson movies mm -hmm. with uh, a classic Mila Djokovic mm -hmm. as the main character. I've, I've watched those and yeah. I, I don't love them, but I've watched them for entertainment in the past and they do deliver for the majority of the, the part. I'm just sick of being disappointed with the film adaptation of Resident Evil because the story was great. The stories are great for the original one and two. Mm. So stick with it. I guess yeah. not. So they decide to do something else and go down this line. Now this one does like they did the raccoon city and it was a shitty adaptation. It was pretty cheesy and poorly done. Mm -hmm. This one looks a little bit more interesting. Well, I guess we'll see, but you know, once you've been let down once you just, they just can't seem to let this IP die in the movie and TV world. They just, they just don't let it die. Like stop, <laughs> just do the games. Stop doing the movies. Yeah. And I think the, the movies are super successful still and they're doing constantly doing remakes for like the older games because they're so beloved um so i think it's a franchise to stay maybe just not in the adaptation because like at the end of the day resident evil from at least what i can gather is so much about the experience of survival and that gets really repetitive because you can't replicate that excitement usually in films you can or you can do it like once or twice and then it gets repetitive. Then you got to work in character stuff. And I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe they have like great potential there as well from the stories, uh, from the games. But, um, yeah. Uh, I'm just seeing how much yeah. the last resident evil, um, it's called the final chapter actually made at the box office. Oh uh, yeah, definitely the final chapter. So the budget was estimated to be 40 million and it grossed 27 million in the US, but worldwide the at the GBO it did uh three hundred and twelve million. So definitely probably was very popular uh in Asia. Yeah, 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 probably, yeah. No, that that would uh, maybe I'll put out really, like very popular. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll like put up something where it was successful over the world. I, I sometimes splice in those those edits that extra bit of information just for those of you maybe listening, I think there's about a third of you just listening on Apple Podcasts and you're missing out on the video feed on Spotify and on, on YouTube. Uh, but, but, but yeah, interesting. Um, so 
What's the show you're most looking forward to uh, out of the selection we just talked about? Is it The Sandman? Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet del Toro. of Curiosities. Okay. I, feel, I feel like that was the coolest one of them all. Yeah. Uh, I also thought that 19, uh, 1899 was I was about to bring very, that up. Because very like, interesting as well. That's my my pick because I was... I, have you watched any of Dark? I, I watched the first season, I believe. But I never finished the show, and I've been told I should finish it because, like, season two, and I think they did a third season, are excellent. Yeah, they are. I think they nailed it. Uh, it's a lot of, like, build-up and stuff that really culminates in an ending that is uh, quite satisfying um, in the narrative and emotionally. I think it, it's, it's a phenomenal show, and it's great to see something done from um, a German production company because they're usually pretty safe with what they do. A lot of rom-coms, a lot of like crime stuff, at least the stuff that like we watch here or uh, I don't watch, but like a lot of people do. So it's great to have like sci-fi stuff. And this seems like another another hit if it comes from the same talent. Uh, it also has um, one of the, the actors who was in Dark returning for this. Uh, so yeah, I'm super keen for uh, 1899. That's pretty much it for the series. Now let's move on uh, to the movies. And um, apparently Zack Snyder is working on another uh, film over on Netflix called Rebel Moon, which actually just cast Anthony Hopkins and already uh, has uh, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Sophia Butella and Ray Fisher attached to this um, sci-fi adventure movie set in space. I don't know. Is it set in space? Maybe I've been uh, influenced by Summer Game Fest that I just think everything is set in space now. But that's that. Uh, they didn't have anything really to show for it yet other than I think a costume test or something like that. But I guess that's for the, the Snyder heads. Then we got a new film with Jamie Foxx called Day Shift from J.T. Perry. Uh, who was a stunt coordinator on John Wick 2 and uh, also on Gemini Man and um, F9. And it's about a hardworking dad out to provide for his daughter's for his daughter, uh, uses a boring pool cleaning job as a front for his real gig, hunting and killing vampires. So that's coming to Netflix on August 12th. Uh, like, what did you make of, of, of Day Shift? Because, like, I had the impression this could be in a pretty... Like, fun, dumb, fun movie uh, about vampires hunted by Jamie Foxx. Exactly. I'm in. Dumb, yeah. fun. Z vampires. Jamie Foxx. Uh, front as the pool cleaning business. I'm in. Yeah. Done. You I, sold me. I like my pool clean that I don't have. So, yeah. Yep. And I got some vampires here I'm, as well. I'm in. I'm ver worried yep. for all the Australians that might be on the set here because, you know, gravity works we different for you. We don't get vampires. You. You don't, you don't. <laughs> we, the sun is always out 24 seven. Right. I just thought because upside down that there's a, there's a vampire joke in there, but that's also fair. You just can't hide from the sun ever, but that's that. I think yep. if Netflix is set out to do, because like this seems like the type of movie or Jamie Foxx is probably pretty expensive that they would do in the future, which is like the type of red notice mass appealing stuff that is easily consumable. If that's the stuff that they'll produce. Uh, further down the line, thinks Netflix has a place to stay in the industry. I hope they still do the occasional, more auteur-centric uh, filmmaker type of stuff. But this is fine by me. Uh, hopefully, it turns out to be an entertaining film. Um, at least you can get uh, expect a lot of good action uh, from a film uh, directed by a stunt coordinator. Then uh, we got two projects from uh, Norway. 
uh, one of them called Troll from the Tomb Raider director Roar Utok, featuring um, big trolls and then blasted an action comedy about a wedding interrupted by aliens that, that gives me a bit of like Edgar Wright's The World's End type of vibes uh, in, in the way it's shot and feels like over-the-top action. I'm always down for Norway to do stuff. Recently, they, they've had some good stuff at festivals. They've had the worst person in the world. Uh, they, they proved to be quite a solid uh, film industry. And if they get more um, bigger production stuff like this with like a troll fantasy feature and then a uh, kind of sci-fi comedy, I'm down. I'm down for Norway to uh, make it up the ranks of like a, a big uh, nation for film. Uh, what did you make of, of these two traders? Troll was probably my favorite because I don't know if you've seen the Troll Hunters movie. I haven't, no. It's super underrated. It's like a found footage style movie. Mm -hmm. uh, that was fun. I haven't seen it in a long time and it kind of made me want to go back to it. So yeah, I have good memories of that. Very excited. Mm -hmm. I, I just like mythical style stuff. So this is super interesting in a realistic format. So I'm mm. very excited for that. Yeah. And the other one was, uh, which one was the other one? Sorry, Blasted. Blasted, uh, which seems a bit more generic, was... if I'm being honest. But just uh, with... Uh... I wouldn't say generic. I thought that one was a bit of fun. So I'm kind of keen for that one as well. But I probably wouldn't hold my breath and... Ca like, if I had to choose between what are you going to watch, Blasted or Trolls, I'd probably go and watch Trolls. Mm. Uh mm. Not to be mistaken for the animated movie Trolls, right? But the Norwegian Trolls. Yeah. So, and when I say Norwegian Trolls, well, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory term. I mean the movie <laughs> that was made in Norway. Yeah, I mean by Norwegians. Look, and it's called Trolls. The big quotation, trolls, but tro it... open quotation Trolls. Close quotation quotation Trolls. If the have trolls I got myself movie... a bit clear? <laughs> yeah, I think you have, but I think. One thing that uh, the Trolls movie established is that I think in the second one, which don't ask me why I watched that one. You've uh, seen him? I, only the second one. Um, it's uh, it's about like fi finding the music <laughs> within the or everyone can be, uh, everyone has talent or I, 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 I don't know. Anyways, I think that leaves the potential for this big troll to have a beautiful voice as well well and um burst out to probably something justin timberlake wrote 15 years ago uh you never know um and maybe there's a <laughs> norwegian pop star in him all along uh it would be quite inspiring to be honest and uh yeah so if if that's not happening i'm really disappointed by troll now i've set up the expectation that i want him to sing um which no, there's no tie to this next one. I thought I'll try to bridge over to uh, the School of Good and Evil, uh, which is it's basically a show that feels like it would fit perfectly on, on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if it's go, going to have any like darker themes or whatever, but uh, it's, it's a school for people who turn out to be the good guys or the villains later on in, in life. I, I don't I don't know what this is. I think it's like fairy tale influenced. <laughs> uh, it's just really bizarre to me that's like, I guess it's just IP at the end of the day. You know, we know these fairy tales. Let's put the characters in, uh, and then 
I, I don't know actually what they're doing. It's it's so weird to me. But uh, Lachlan, what did you, what did you make of it? At least a bit rambled. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, me neither. It's definitely for a different audience that is just like look, looked as a fairy tale. There's an apple that's bitten in. That's probably Snow White. And I, I don't know if they try to misdirect and actually make some heroes the villains or it just feels super generic. And uh, anyways, let's move on to animation. Um, there were uh, two films that I would uh, shout out quickly. The first one um, didn't really leave a great impression on me because I did like the style. It, it looked really pretty cheap to me. But uh, it has uh, Carl Urban staring in it. Uh, it's called Sea Beast, about a vampire. Uh, they go up against a sea beast. And I think then for most of the movie, at least from what I could make out from the trailer, uh, is that he's stuck on the island with a little girl. So so that's that. Uh, comes out on July 8th. And then um, the second one, a movie from uh, Kit Cuddy called Intergalactic, an animated series uh, with a really stacked stacked cast. Timmy, Timothy Chalamet, and Vanessa H Hutchins, Christopher Abbott, uh, Laura Harry, uh, Ty Dolla Sign, uh, Macaulay Culkin, Jaden Smith. And um, it has a really interesting visual style as well. I think I would describe it as really close to Into the Spider-Verse, but also a hint of like the witness in it. If I like just 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 like a, a bit of spice, just a tiny, tiny pinch of it. Uh, but I really liked I really liked the look of it. No, the style was awesome. It uh, kind of grabbed me immediately. So, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much in on that one. Mm -hmm. The other one, I, the other uh, the other movie, I didn't really care about. Uh, I think it's it's just like another really safe Netflix movie that doesn't really do anything different. It's just there to exist. I believe Antigalactic is also the name of Kid Cudi's new album. Obviously, when you look at the cast, a lot of them are also, uh, well, I don't know about all of them, but uh, some of them uh, have an involvement in, in music, obviously. So there's going to be a big focus on, on music in that show, and it's going to be a big part of it. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think it has a lot of potential, and uh, yeah, I'm really keen for it. Uh, and it comes out later in 2022. So I think that uh, wraps it up for a Geeked Week. Uh, obviously, next week we have to come back and talk about <laughs> the announcements they are making for the gaming side of Netflix. Uh, but until then, uh, let's look at some other trailers that also released outside of these uh, of these uh, conventions. And but we'll stay on the train of animation and look at the new uh, Disney animation film that's coming uh, on Thanksgiving later in fall this year. Uh, and that is a strange world. Uh, so, Logan, do you think Disney has got another hit on its hand with uh, with this one? Look, Disney's always going to be quite successful. And anytime there's like some funkiness to it, I guess people just eat that shit up. And mm. I'm kind of just glad the whole Disney and Pixar world is kind of going away from the emotional stuff and going into more of the action stuff i miss that disney it it is way more i guess just action adventure type of stuff and well i i don't know it, it's still it still is an action adventure i'd say uh what, what bothers me there more, can still be some emotional stuff in it i mean like war yeah. is all about love and some shit but that's but pixar it's more about I'm really you oh, know let's shit. distinct between between the two because i think what disney is really good at is like musicals you know that's not pixar's thing 
I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the look of the recent few Disney films. They've all got the same style, don't they? Yeah, they do. Well, they're different. I don't know if this is Disney like leaning same. into a certain style, but I guess like each every each age of like Disney movies has a different style to it. Yeah. And this kind of seems to be the the 2010s. Yeah, did you see the title like 2010, card? 2020. Yeah, it it looks so much like you could replace these two words with anything and it would just be the next Disney film. It's kind of how they... Uh, if you would look probably at the lineup of Disney films, they would all kind of look... Or at least in my mind, they all look the same. And I think if you do that as a company where you can't really distinguish the stories that you're making um, and they're pretty much interchangeable for me at least, then you're doing something wrong. And I'm just getting the same impression, the same old Disney that's not really creatively pushing anyone uh, for this. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong because like people totally ate up in Ganto and I just thought it was pretty mediocre, pretty mid. Uh, so I don't know, maybe I'm just a hater, but uh, this doesn't look like it's going to be something for me. Uh, but we'll definitely give it a watch um, when it comes out later in fall. Now, two films I'm actually really rooting for, for, for the reason of it not being attached, or, or the, like Strange World, I don't know if it's based on anything. I guess it's Disney original, although it doesn't feel original. These things are original in, in that sense that uh, we are getting um, Bullet Train, which is going to be a, you know, straight on action, action comedy uh, with a bunch of like fun actors in it. And it's not based on anything. And then we're also getting uh, Nope from Jordan Peele with a cast that I probably couldn't be more in love with. Those two films really make me excited for what's to come um, this summer. But what, what do you make of, I guess for Bullet Train, we already got a trailer. We kind of got uh, the last trailer for Nope. And I don't know if we get more trailers for Bullet Train. I think this one kind of already nailed it. I hope it. not. It's really fast Tells paced. Tells me everything. We got a small, yeah, we got a smaller, tra um, like a bit more slower paced uh, trailer for Bullet Train. Now it's a more fast paced trailer. I, I don't think we need any more. You've sold me on it. I'm actually really keen for it. I hope, I hope it works out to be an entertaining film. And with Nope, I was already sold with it being super the mysterious. The less I know, the better. And uh, now we know a bit more, but I think it's, uh, uh, well, it's, it's good that it's the last trailer because I don't want to see more from Nope. I just want to watch the movie now, please. And yeah, yeah what, what did you think of it? Did you like it? The Nope trailer? Yeah, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Nope. Uh, I liked it. And the less I know about this film, the, the more excited I go into the cinema, specifically for this film. Bullet Train told me too much. I don't think I need to know anything more about Bullet Train than what the first trailer gave me, but I viewed this trailer hoping to see a couple more action things be like even more excited, but it just gave me too much. The Nope gave me, again, this trailer gave me more of a story that we're following, but yeah. again, I, I, it was just a, I don't want any more than what it's already given me. So I, again, I'm excited for both of these films, no matter what, whether it's Basically, the entire story is given to me or the mm. part of the story has been given to me. I'm excited for both of these films, especially as new IPs, independent, uh, not independently made, but um, uh, new, new ideas coming into cinema. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. What can I say? What can you say? Yeah. Uh, we're very excited. I'm looking forward to talking about these. Uh, Bullet Train comes out on August 5th and Nope on July 22nd. Now, let's get back to the regularly scheduled sequel, prequel spin-off requel talk and let's take a look at prey a predator sequel that releases on hulu on august 5th um i still haven't seen any of those films so 
Gonna hand it off to Lachlan. What did you make of it? Do you think this is gonna uh, stay truthful to to what the Predator uh, franchise is supposed to be? I think it's gonna do better than the Predator from 2018 because that was a hot pile of garbage. Mm. And I hope Shane Black never directs another Predator movie ever again. Again, so hostile, <laughs> right? I I really do enjoy the first two Predator movies. Actually, you know what? I even say Predators. Hand on my heart. I will say it. I like Predators. Predators is yeah. fun. It's mm. enjoyable. It's a fun, loving film. I love Adrian Brody in this film. I mm. love Lawrence Fishburne in this film. I love a decent amount of this film. Now, it's not my favorite because I still think Predator 1 is like sick and Predator 2 definitely incorporates a great story in a more urban setting with the Predator. It's not as intense and as fun as what Predator 1 is, but still great. And quickly, Alien vs. Predator can go back to the multiverse that it accidentally leaked from as well. So yeah. this trailer got me extremely excited. Now, before I say all the good stuff, there's a couple of things I don't like. The biggest one is I wish it wasn't in English. Right. Because it's like telling now, the base story of, of Predator and you think that should be rooted more in well, it's something set in, more indigenous? Uh, it's or? set in, I believe, North America. So it yeah. should... Uh, it would be really nice to have it spoken in a uh, Native American language. Yeah. That would have been yeah. really interesting. It's a big opportunity. And here's the thing. You yeah. can, still have, you can ha still have English parts because we saw men with guns. We saw that they were white men coming in with guns you can still yeah. have english the actual there. predator you don't have to yeah <laughs> yeah whoa whoa um i like what i think i think i know what we're going to be seeing in this film you yeah uh but like that was a that's a massive missed opportunity now i know that you're going to restrict the market a little bit more but recently people mm -hmm. have definitely been opened to watching movies with subtitles if they're good so it, yeah. it's a complete missed opportunity to incorporate I guess a a culture that's not really represented well in cinema. Yeah, so I'm yeah. hoping that what they are going to be doing in this film is representing that group of people extremely well, and yeah. hopefully we're going to get a really awesome film out of it because mm. famously they're great at hunting. Also, the predator's the best predator. Well, sorry, the the best hunter ever. So having this team up, the setting is awesome. Mm. I love the character of the predator or at least the, 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 the creature of the Predator, enough to be like, this is exciting to see where they go. So I'm super, super excited. I really hope it's good. I really do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like the whole concept has just had me sold ever since I heard of it uh, being made. Right. Uh, yeah. Because the cause first I wasn't like, sure. photo they released as well, and that was also exciting. Sorry, go ahead. I watched the trailer and I thought this looks interesting, uh, but it's a Predator uh, prequel. So is it going to be good in, in that sense? Is it going to work in that? But other than that, I think it has a lot of potential to to be a, a great film. But I think what you said is important that if you had the, the historic background, then um, other than just like basically using their history and, and using it for, for this like entertainment purpose, you got to work carefully with representation, you know, especially if they're on screen. So hopefully it, they, they'll do that fine. Um, didn't even think of that. And this isn't even the sure oldest, this isn't even the oldest civilization that's dealt with the predators because oh, really? 
in okay. I guess look I, I don't know if we want to consider it as canon but in the alien versus predator universe they yeah. basically reference that there was I believe it was the Mayans or some sort of South American culture that worshipped them and they basically the, they would come to earth and they would hunt the aliens and if they weren't right. successful they would just blow it all up and that would erase basically a whole civilization hmm. and that was like the the earliest you've ever heard of the predators coming to earth so hmm. to have a bit more of a i guess you don't have guns you don't have massive rocket launchers to attack this guy with it's a bit more exciting because you have to go hand-to-hand combat which hmm. i guess they also do a little bit of that in um predators as well not a lot but yeah, yeah i i've just I'm kind of excited to see because the whole concept of this film is exciting. So out of everything that we've spoken about today, it's like this is other than maybe Nope and and Bullet Train, because I'm also very excited for those as as new IPs. This Mm. is the most exciting trailer that I that I had this week. Right. Oh, that's interesting to hear because I totally wasn't sure where you're going to land on it. I think you will. If it's as far, you're going to be more torn on it not not sure if this is actually going to be good so look i'm still i i still have doubt yeah, yeah. i just don't want it to i'm just I'm hopeful man yeah, jesus yeah. have a bit of hope <laughs> so be yeah. so so down <laughs> no i'll i'll be the prey for yet another director streaming bit and just really hope it's going to be good <laughs> anyways uh speaking of big things in the theater it's the rock and he, he he's big black adam and he's basically superman wow. or whatever uh so we got a trailer for it luckily what did you what did, what do you think about black adam is that yeah cool thumbs up dc or thumbs down what movie. what do you think yeah thumb not, in the middle thumb, thumb in the middle damn fumbling am i more excited for pierce brosnan <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you should be it was just like such a, a, a nothing story where you just, just see like hey successful uh, fame. I'm just hating on The Rock in this Bazillion episode. Bazillion of years, yeah. It's just, ah, it's so nothing. He never does anything. He's just like big hulky dude and the story is just him punching and it's not going to be interesting. It's going to be pretty mediocre. I can already tell. It's really not for me. Uh, so before I like shit on it too much, I'd say just move on. I guess it's yet another superhero film. Let's this is, on. this next movie is right up your alley though, right? The the smaller <laughs> film is uh, Don't Make Me Go uh, with Chan Cho over on Prime Video coming to the streaming service on July 15. And it's it's about a father and his teenage daughter. I don't know why. Why would that be more up my alley, Lachlan? I, I know why, but just like I wanted to hear from you. How would you explain this? Uh, You like you. You hate. Yes. Um, yeah. You hate. You hate? Marvel and DC, I so don't. you must love every other bit of cinema. You're trying no to how stereotype corny it might be. I'm not that so stereotypical. You, you, you're a film lover, so yes. you must love drama. I do love drama, but I can say toxic relationships that develop into beautiful relationships. I love those as well. I'm a sucker for those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and you love John Sh- Cho. I, I do, but it doesn't look like this is going to be for me because it seems like it's going to be painfully generic in the sense that like you can tell where the story is going. Road trip movie, discovering yourself and just Amazon Prime wanting something like that on their service as well. 
So you're actually wrong. I also think this lo- this looks like it's gonna be boring. <laughs> so, well, guess what? I'm very yeah, excited for it. So y- you are. You are just playing. You're just yep. being contrarian no. right now. Yes. No. When does it come okay. out? July fifteenth. Already? Hey Siri, set a reminder that on July 15th, oh I need to watch that movie on Amazon Prime. That you already forgot the name of. Oh my God. You're not okay. being... I also what forgot the name. July 2022. That's amazing. Well, can you remind me as well so I can remember to love it and actually... Hey Siri, t- set a reminder <laughs> on the 15th of July 2022 <laughs> to remind you and oh. to remind me, to remind you and sorry, that I have to remind him to watch that movie on Amazon Prime, the father-daughter one starring John Cho. Okay, your reminder is set for the 15th of July, 2022. That's all set. All right. Well, then uh, let's move on to what we've been watching in the meantime. So, so yeah, Lachlan, have you been watching anything or what have you been Nope. So I'm taking this time. This is my time. I get my five seconds of fame on here uh, when I get to actually there's no script and I get to explain stuff uh, because of Obi-Wan Kenobi which we're about to talk about the next episode shortly which is one of the only things I really watched other than Hustle uh, I am replaying Jedi Fallen Order because I really enjoyed that game and I didn't really like to I didn't really like get my teeth into it I kind of just ran through it because I was playing something else at the time so I'm really excited yeah. for that but more importantly I have an update to a story that I said many, many weeks ago. Ooh. Who's ready for some good news? Me. Me, sir. My drone's back. You, wait, it's actually back from the rest in peace? Bay. Back what from was the dead, called? baby. What was, this, what was the beach called? Uh, Peaceful Bay. It's Peaceful back from Bay. Peaceful Bay. How did and you get it back? And the camera's not broken anymore. Yeah. Um, Shout out to DJI for repairing it for me. Uh, yeah. I paid them to repair it. Uh, so it came out of my, came out of my money. Just like to thank DJI for DJ, fixing the I drone. I paid for it. DJI didn't pay for it. I paid for it. Well, no, DJ, I paid for it. Oh right, yes, that's. I see your joke. DJ, sorry, let you me. Paid let me for do it. you want to do that again? No. Except I'll laugh this time. I think, <laughs> more like DJ, I paid for it. Aha! 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 So um, funny. So, have you flown it so, already again? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't had the time, and it's been raining the past like week since I've had it. So I, I haven't been able to take it out. So, mm. but. I am going on a little trip soon, so hopefully I can fly it while I'm on my little trip. And crash. And I know I'm not going to, don't you, now you've said it, I'm going to fucking crash it. Mm. You know, if I crash it, you're paying for it because you don't want to say I'm going to crash it. I paid for it. (laughs) Yeah. What an original joke. So yeah, my drone's back, everybody. Yes. For episode 100 that I can I think fly for episode 100, for you something. need to have the drone up the entire time and it's just like a third angle of you. Jeez, that's going to make the recording sound terrible. <laughs> we already It already sucks because I've got a cricket because it's like 8 o'clock at night while I'm recording. 8.30 at night while I'm recording this. Yeah. But having the freaking... It just adds a lot in the of background as well. It's gonna be atmosphere. even more annoying. I think we should only do it if we ever re- like review another Michael Bay film that also shoots like those action cams. Then it could would kind of set this setting. Even better, 
what we should do is we should record the podcast, right? Yes. And then go back and do was, ADR yeah, for the I whole was, podcast. <laughs> that would be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking what I could say over and out. Like that would be just horribly wrong and just something completely yeah. different. You decide, you realize what you said is completely incorrect and fucked up. Yeah. So your mouth is saying one thing, but the ADR recording is completely different. Yeah. Uh, oh yes uh, no no do the mouth I'll, I'll do the voice uh i love john cho movies about father-daughter relationships and black adam's gonna be the best movie of the year there you that, go incredible we are incredible the funny thing is that was synced up on our end it's not gonna be once i edit this video so that's gonna be fun oh how god no 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 yeah of it's course actually not, a great yeah. reference point uh for me to edit but i think we're getting too meta with this you played fallen order you got a drone back uh, I still am maidenless and without any drones. And uh, I also sat through Jurassic World Dominion. So I watched it oh. film actually a while back, uh, press screening. And it was a long embargo for it to actually talk about it. On the date, I think it came out here. On that day, you could start talking about it. And it's probably because it's not a good movie. On the Metacritic, it's currently sitting at a 37. And on um, Letterboxd, it's a 2.6. It's the third installment in this franchise and has a bunch of returning characters. Uh, namely, I guess, from the original Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. We are also getting Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt and uh, Price Dallas uh, Howard back, who I believe still both are not good actors, but it's also not helped by a really bad direction style. There's a lot of like staging and framing issues that happen throughout the movie that just looks super unprofessional. Um, the CGI sometimes uh, like you could see the chroma key and like stuff. It was just like sloppily done. Uh, there's a lot of dinosaurs in the right places. Other than like one scene that's on Malta that uh is about I think twenty minutes long that has some really exciting action. This movie really lacks anything that makes it worth seeing. I think they had an interesting premise, which, spoiler alert for Fallen, no Fallen Order, but <laughs> now I'm thinking about Jedi. Uh, uh What is it? Like Fallen Kingdom? Yeah, that's the second one. Fallen Kingdom. Um, They have the potential to go more into the Mad Reeves type of Planet of the Ape type of story because they have the dinosaurs out in the wild. And then it just... Go back to like a more familiar, let's go to this facility type of story. And they basically have like half a dozen shots where, the, I mean, the marketing department must have been really happy because like they have a lot of these shots that like pull back as everyone just kind of walks behind each other perfectly framed up for camera. And it's like, it's so cheesy. The story is, is really boring. Yeah, overall, just a great disappointment. Uh, I gave it the same rating as I've given to... Fallen Kim Kingdom that I actually just watched a day before uh, I, I watched a new one because I really don't care for this franchise anymore. I think they really um, screwed the pooch with this one. And uh, it's, it's a 3 out of 10 for both of those films from me. So that's why we decided to not be focused on those for our main reviews uh, because we, we would have just like shit-talked them for most of it and uh, basically... Uh, like pointed out all of the flaws and i didn't want to make lachlan sit through this so i watched uh, the first episode of miss marvel and i gotta say uh that one really has its tone down already it's i'm not saying it's like totally for for me at all 
but it has some really like flashy type of editing in the way that it's really tr showing you <laughs> what it's doing um like text messaging displaying on walls all over the place it's like very quirky and like yes actually quirky as in what the, that word is supposed to mean uh but it, it's got some charm and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, keep on watching that uh but uh, i'll probably give you my thoughts once um that whole show has wrapped as well and then uh i watched something that's out on hulu about a valet i don't know if you know lachlan but valets are usually not famous so in this story he meets uh samara weaving who plays like a big movie star and she's a famous person so he's a non-famous person and she's a famous person and then she gets caught with a rich person that's married to another person so instead of like having that all come up, that would be bad press for her. She goes to the not famous person. They pretend to be a couple. So that's the plot. I think it's literally been done earlier this year with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. That was already a shit movie. <laughs> this one is like, I don't know, has a bit of the charm of like a Latin American experience kind of mixed in there, but it's done so loosely and in a performative way that's like i think it's decent uh it, it's way better than the wow over owen wilson show with jennifer lopez nothing to write home about and then i caught a say anything which is an 80s classic i don't know if you've seen saw anything i uh, say anything no it, it has that iconic shot of john cusack holding up the the like the the speaker you know? Oh, right. And I didn't know it was from this. And then it happened in this movie and I just wasn't paying attention. And it was like, oh shit, that's why it's iconic. And this whole movie kind of felt iconic to me. And then like it to lead into that. And I, I'm just being completely unaware of where this is going. Uh, was super exciting. I think it's like a rom-com. Like if I see this as a rom-com, I get why rom-coms was so popular for a long time. Yeah, it's just a good rom-com. Uh, it's from Cameron Crowe. It's the second movie I, I caught from him. Uh, him um, a couple of years ago in uh, in school, I had to watch Vanilla Sky uh, for a like philosophy class. But that, that's uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, I might check out uh, Jerry Maguire and Almost Famous now because I'm quite intrigued what what that uh, director has to offer. That wraps it up for what we've been watching, and we'll move on to our uh, spoiler reviews and uh, we decided to highlight a smaller release over on Netflix starring Adam Sandler and it's called Hustle. Uh, after discovering a once-in-a-lifetime player with a rocky past abroad, a down-on-his-luck basketball scout takes it upon himself to bring the player to the States without his team's approval. Against the odds, they have one final shot to prove they have what it takes to make it in the NBA. So that's Hustle. Uh, currently sitting at a uh, 3.6 on Letterboxd, a 7.3 on IMDb, and a 67 on Metacritic, and is from uh, Jeremiah Sagar, who already uh, had quite an acclaimed run with his indie darling in 2018 called We the Animals. And uh, he's bringing his talent to the big game over on Netflix. Uh, Hustle stars Adam Sandler, and it is a Happy Madison production, but uh, one that on the rare occasion doesn't want me doesn't bring me to gouge out my eyes uh, it's actually a production where sandler seems to give a fuck so that's uh, great to see back to back return also uh, sandler in front of the camera with some basketball talent actual pro players that act in the film uh, only difference being to uncut gems that uh, we are getting 
someone who's a bit more on the upswing than the downswing. But uh, as you'd expect from a sports drama, it has a lot of like ups and downs and uh, stuff that the lead characters have to overcome to ultimately triumph over the people that didn't believe in them. So, uh, you know, it's going to be always going to be predictable where these sports dramas end up. Doesn't mean that the journey along the way isn't worth seeing, uh, especially if it's in the capable hands of Adam Sandler, who cares, and a director uh, that seems to know what he's doing uh, visually and narrative wise. So uh, that's going to be it for our non-spoiler uh, section of this review. Uh, if, if you're a fan of basketball, this is pretty much a must-watch as it's from people who actually watch basketball because I don't. They tell me it's pretty accurate and it actually shows the sport in an interesting way where it's not just pretend people act as pretending to play a sport that they're actually not really proficient in. Uh, so so that's that, your intro to the film. Um, now here's the spoiler warning uh, for the rest of the review. We'll talk about specific stuff from the plot, but again... This is a sports film, so it's fairly predictable. So I think even if you haven't seen it, uh, it's not going to ruin the film. Uh, but yeah, maybe come back if you want to watch it in between. Let's move on to spoilers, Lachlan. So, uh, so Lachlan, what did you make of the film? I enjoyed it. It didn't keep me on the edge of my seat, unlike Adam Sandler's previous, uh, I guess, serious role in yeah. uh, Hubby Halloween. <laughs> Fuck. Seriously, man. <laughs> uh, it didn't keep me on the edge of my seat, uh, unlike Adam Sandler's previous serious role in Uncut Gems, because that is a high-intensity film. You are going yeah. bang, 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 bang in that film. This yep. film has its highs and its lows, and I really do enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Like any kind of sport drama movie. What's interesting, though, is Adam Sandler, he has a love of this sport. So this yeah. is basically a little passion project of his to be in and that's exciting to see someone who's you typically write down as ah the fucking dude who pumps out those shitty comedies and once in a while does a serious film and nails it you know having this under his belt is is honestly a spectacular performance by him again by everyone else in the film as well whether they be just basketballers or whether they are actually a an actor Everyone mm -hmm. nails it, I reckon. So yeah, for me, the family dynamic between Bo and his family, but also then the the father figure that Stanley then becomes, is a really beautiful evolution. And I I just want to say that I found the montage that kind of appears halfway through the film in uh, the training of Bo to go into one of these. Uh, what's called the combine? Yeah. Uh, in in the NBA, the, the, uh, the combine. It was a freaking incredible montage. Yeah, that it I didn't realize we watching. Time, right? No, it was like a proper montage training level of intensity, and there were some awesome cuts in there that you get mm. really close to the end where they're swiping and it just flows so spectacularly and i thought the score was awesome yeah and i realized I as i was watching it i was watching this film and you know when you watch a movie and you eventually go oh fuck it it just clicks that it's like this mm -hmm. is this is really good and really fun that was the moment for me that i went yeah this is this is a yeah. really excellent 
movie that loved mm. by everyone who was probably making it from the director to the writer oh, to yeah. even probably the first AC. It was like a little passion project of everybody that just has cumulated into this ball of a, a basketball. There you go. That's how's that for you? Yeah. And then they, then they a, shoot it and it's a it basket. ended it ended in the hoop. Wow. Yeah. Sports analogies. Fuck yeah. It's also the dynamic between this like super tall guy and then Stanley who's uh who's trying to kind of keep him in check. I think they could have played like being a Happy Madison production, they could have played that way more in the sense of like, oh look, he's tall. I don't think there was a single like, oh, he's so incredibly tall type of joke. At least not at his expense. So it was all I think also cleverly written and then presented in a way that kept you kept you engaged. Although it's it has almost like a two hour runtime, you know. The the comedy side of it is just so good. Like I don't know why, but the 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 jokes in this land better than any one of the shit comedies that Adam Sandler has ever put out. So yeah, yeah. If he wants to make another comedy, he needs to make a serious movie. I mean, a lot of the comedy comes from pretty serious moments. And I think that's the hard part about a comedy yeah. because you're trying to write funny moments. But I think this has like that grounded reality of like that struggle that is like, if you're in that spe sphere, it is super relatable. You're down on your luck. You've kind of had like one thing that sets you back. Like that type of inspirational story, I think if, you, if done well, can really hit. And they, it just hit here because it, it connects with you in a way where like you can you can relate to it although you're not an NBA star you know you can relate to just uh needing to prove yourself but uh there's just certain things holding you back uh and it's it's done well it's done in in a way where on the visual side I got to agree with you the montage bit was so good uh I don't remember the last time I've seen like such a long montage that uh, worked so well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's and really, you don't realize really it's, it's happening until probably about halfway through. You're watching yeah. this montage and, and you're actually already drawn into it. But mm -hmm. it's not until halfway through you go, oh, fuck, this montage has gone for at least five minutes at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. long, long montage. So, yeah. And it's so excellently edited that you just forget that you're in this movie for a hot minute and you're watching this guy go from an incredible basketballer to, to Rocky on stairs, <laughs> Not Rocky in, on stairs, which is funny because Man, I, like, I, I was that's hoping they were going to do one of those references. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't they both set in Philadelphia? So it's interesting that they that they choose. That, like, I'm pretty sure Rocky is set in Washington. Is it? I think it's Philly. But although Rocky is set in Philadelphia, the film's locations are split between the city of Brotherly Love and Los Angeles. That Philly thing of like the Philadelphia 76ers, I think that's what it's called. Uh, <laughs> I also love how, you know, I, I was so excited when right before I started the film, I saw that Robert Duvall was in this film. <laughs> like, he's in it for like three minutes and then he just dies. I was like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> okay, I guess. I'll, I'll take the little time that I get with Robert Duvall, but he, he was a, a great pres presence. It, it just... um. You know, it, it plot-wise, there's there's nothing great to unpack here, but I, the character stuff, I think, is it, done in a way where it, it doesn't surprise me where it arrives at, or like the bond that they that they create, uh, and you never really question it, like why Stanley is doing it and why he's putting so much on the line, which also I think is aided that we never really get to see his financial situation like fully. We don't see how much he's putting on the line. For him, 
uh, he just doesn't have a job and and whatever so it's like it's inspirational enough but it's also like how realistic is it that he could uh go all in on this kid um but i think i'm willing to to bend my suspension of of this belief for 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 this uh, that moment uh, or the, the few moments that they share i think it's like one where they're in the car it's just really beautiful uh where you can fully see him become this father figure that uh he doesn't really have i mean um it's it's on the nose in the way where they talk about the tattoos right the one side is for his mom and the other side's for his dad and it's just like his arm is just you know there's nothing on it and by the end of the film uh he does does have that little oak tree where his mother goes like yeah he's like your your tree your oak tree and it's all very literal uh but I think a sports movie is allowed to do that. Yeah, bro. It's, Would a, you agree? it's a sports movie. You don't need to be super, super deep. <laughs> yes. Just be very literal and be like, do it with proficiency when it comes to the, the sports. Actual uh, show the best at the game. And it's also like fun when you see the credits and it's basically all these people as himself, as himself, as himself. It's like, oh, that's sick. I think if I would watch basketball more, if I was like a basketball fan, this would be a really amazing film to me as well because i would actually know the people in this and um yeah i didn't really i don't know if that like hindered your uh your, your experience with it or did you recognize anyone i recognize the the big guys um when they came on screen i think yeah. steph curry was in it i'm pretty sure it was I yeah think i'm sorry his face but i'm i'm not the biggest nba follower so yeah, i neither. didn't really I just saw, yeah, I saw someone's face and I went, I know you. Now this should naturally evolve from a character named Stanley to the Stanley Cup. And then I'm fully in if you bring hockey into the mix of it. You haven't gotten gotten a good hockey movie in so long. And like, you know, you know, it's not, it's not Philadelphia. It's close enough. It's not the Flyers. It's Penguins. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, we're overdue for a good, for a good uh, hockey movie. So please. I also watched in preparation for this just because I thought that Hustle was ha had like this really great vision where he worked with a ton of close-ups. Uh, you probably noticed as well that like that's kind of how he he was editing a um, lot of dynamic um, camera decisions where the camera is, is a lot of the time uh, moving or at least like you're panning a lot. And um, in his, his movie that, that uh, he got a bunch of awards for at smaller festivals, We the Animals, there's a ton of that like similar type of, of stuff when he's shooting it, which is, um, it just reaffirms that he really uh, knows what he's doing. And I think it, it works well in, in, within the frame of, of the film. Yeah, Lachlan, anything else you wanted to, um, to talk about? Not really. I just really want to point out the montage that was excellently crafted. I really enjoyed the story overall. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, so Lachlan, where would you arrive at as a rating for Hustle? I gave it a four out of five. Yeah, I saw you bump it up as we were talking about the the montage. So calling you out for that, that's that's fun. I love a, a live adjustment of your score. Uh, I'm pretty similar. I think this is also a really worthwhile film and I gave it a three and a half out of five. So that's Hustle currently streaming over on Netflix. Uh, out this week on June 10th, we got Jurassic World Dominion, Tread With Care. Uh, I don't know if it's worth seeing, and it's kind of a bummer that it's taking up some of the IMAX screens 
from Top Gun Maverick. Uh, then on June 17th, we got Cha-Cha Real Smooth over on Apple TV Plus from Cooper Rafe, but apparently it's not pronounced Rafe, but now I'm forgetting how you actually pronounce his last name. So I'm just going to stick with the wrong pronunciation of his name, Cooper Rafe, <laughs> with Dakota Johnson in it as well. It's a really charming film. Uh, worth seeing um, that got uh, picked up from um, Sundance and uh, was a festival darling over there. Then we got a new Pixar film, the uh, Toy Story prequel with Chris Evans. Uh, Lightyear is hitting theaters as well as Spider Head over on Netflix with Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. Then we got Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. Speaking of Sundance, that was also a film that premiered over there and it's now going to be streaming on Hulu. And then, finally, in Swiss theaters on June 16th, we are getting everything, everywhere, all at once. And uh, please go give it a watch. If you are a Swiss listener, uh, it's really worth seeing. And uh, yeah, you're going to have a great experience. It's my movie of the year so far. No, didn't After Yang come out this year as well? I think it's tied for me. But it's like, uh, for the sake of the argument, it's my movie of the year as well. You didn't really create an argument there. <laughs> no, I did, did, there's no argument. I don't want to. I don't want to be contrary no when argument. it comes to everything, everyone all at once. Just go see it. It's great. It's great cinema. Yeah, that's it for the new releases. Now, uh, Lachlan, what is your pick of the week? What would you we <laughs> tell people to go see? Said it. We just um, did. Yeah, go see everything, yeah, everyone at once. That was my pick of the week because yeah. it came out on streaming for me. So I'm gonna go and yes, yeah, I'm gonna go watch it again. You've yeah. already said you're going to go tell people to watch it. I've already yeah. told people it's my movie of the year. Go see I it. I feel like I didn't have anything prepared because you took my op you took my pick. Maybe what we could say is like, it's my pick of the week. Pick a non-pirate version of the film. Go support it. It's worth it. We gotta support oh yeah, go give the Daniels your money. Go give them <laughs> as much of the money. I think they sell the distribution rights, so A24 is not really reaping any benefits directly because they sold them nice. internationally. Still, I think it also is the highest grossing A24 film. Now uh, it overtook, I think internationally it was hereditary. I think it also went on to gross more than that. So great to see it succeed. Now in Swiss theaters, please let's push it along even higher. Would be great to see it in the ranks there as well. And worldwide, uh, or even if you, I guess, are in Switzerland, you can catch it on uh vod uh that's it for the show um we haven't really addressed it yet Lachlan, but you might have noticed there's like a double number in front of this show today it's number 99 and dude next week is episode 100 i don't know Lachlan. i think i think we're just gonna rock up and do a normal type of episode people shouldn't expect anything fuck off yeah we're not fuck gonna off. do we're anything doing, we're doing we're doing the we're doing the choir on set 100th episode spectacular yeah extravaganza spectacular extravaganza a bunch spectacular. of can we make some really and... outrageous name can we make a really outrageous name <laughs> yes for the 100th episode just like crazy stuff like it's a bunch of adverbs and adverbs uh, uh, before we even get to say what the episode is like it's blah blah yeah. blah 100th episode uh, anyways i'm super keen for that we got some stuff in store some announcements some um some new things that we're doing and uh, some big things coming to the show. And I'm really keen to uh, share them with all of you. Uh, so uh, we'll we see you next week. We also just might quit. It might just be the last episode ever. Yes. How's that? You never know. <laughs> so 
I I would just say like you should definitely take the time and like and subscribe and maybe even share this with someone else that also enjoys movie. Leave a rating on Apple T Apple TV on Apple Podcasts on Spotify <laughs> wherever you're listening to. Uh, it helps us That's actually make it to a hundred. We're getting episodes. an Apple TV show. That would be sick if like. That's the secret. We have an yeah. Apple TV show coming out, guys. I'm I'm sorry that we spoiled it. Uh, uh, we partnered with Apple. What was it about though? Like, what's the pitch for the show? It's just a video podcast on Apple TV. It's like a, it's a game show. It's a game show. We have to guess. There's a bunch of um, Blu-ray discs, uh-huh. and one of them is made of cake, and we have to guess which one is the cake. <laughs> it's just a it's just a stop motion film, and you have to guess which one is an actual photo and which one is the yep. cake. Yep. Yep. Uh, but no, we'll we'll catch you next week, and I'm really excited for that episode. How good is it to have my drone back for episode 100? Episode 100 is just like a long extended cut of you in your car flying your drone all the way to Switzerland. How about I just yeah just <laughs> it's like drive a seven hour car long and do the podcast. <laughs> it's like a 12 hour long video. It's <laughs> just like driving there. But yeah, that's that's the end of the show. Uh, we'll see you next week for episode 100. I'm really keen. Lachlan's really keen. And uh, I, I, I'm going to have to end it here. Otherwise, I'll leak some stuff for what we're doing next week. But come back. Uh, it's going to be fun. See ya. Bye. Bye.